All right, so welcome to the Family Science Podcast, and we've got Jared Berry here joining us, and we were going to talk about the Box Canyon Showdown match in Kansas a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, Jared, tell us tell us about yourself, who you are, and what you do, and all that fun stuff. All right, Jared Berry. Um, <clears throat> originally grew up in Iowa. Joined the military right out of high school, so I've kind of bounced around, so I'm not all my family still lives back in Iowa, but I'm not really from anywhere anymore. It's been 25 years since I've been back there as far as living there. I joined the military and the Air Force, bounced around Kansas and South Carolina and Alaska, did some time in Korea, and then now I'm back in Kansas again. I'm going to retire here by the end of the month. That's kind of where I've been and how I've been. I got a wife and two kids that keep me pretty busy. Obviously, the shooting, I got into the long-range stuff. Started with ARs, now obviously into the uh, bolt-action rifles, but started when I got back here this time in 17 or 18. Started out with a, an AR that I built that I knew was the, the best thing around. <laughs> I built it actually in Alaska, shot a little bit up there, and then come down here, 308, and then found out real quick that wasn't really what I wanted. I still got it, but I don't shoot it very much anymore. Yeah. And so what what do you what do you do in the Air Force? I'm a firefighter in the Air Force. Hell yeah. Dude, there's been some it's been going on around here. Yeah. 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 I, the wind and... I tell everybody I'm a firefighter, but I don't I promote myself out of the fun stuff. Fun stuff used to be driving the fire trucks or riding on the fire trucks. <laughs> now I, I do a lot of admin work. Now I'm the deputy fire chief on base. So nice. I don't I don't get to do much firefighting. <laughs> Stuck behind a computer. Well, you what? So what's uh what's the plan after retirement? After retirement? Yeah, I don't know yet. To tell you the truth, not. I retire in November this year. I've got a bunch of leave saved up for terminal leave. So I'll probably be done late July, August. Okay. And then uh, my my wife runs her own business. She's she's a business partner with two other folks, but. She runs a bookkeeping company and she's got clients all over the United States, started in Alaska. And now they got a bunch of clients here. One of the clients, Austin, he actually helps sponsor me with Intex Construction and his wife, Aubrey, have offered me a job to come, come work with them and kind of do some uh, construction management, managing projects and, and people. Oh, that's cool. I'm probably going to go do that. Yeah. He's, I mean, we're one and the same. He's really into guns, really into the family and, being outdoors and it's just one of the one of the cool guys to work for hang out with so i'm probably going to go do that otherwise i could stick in the fire world but where i'm where i'm at right now you, you almost have to know somebody because i'm too old to be on the floor a lot of them have age restrictions where people start it gets pretty political um yeah i did a couple of years of first sergeant duty for a little over four years of first sergeant in the air force so I have an HR degree and stuff like that, so I could go the HR route. But then again, kind of stuck behind a computer, not really what I'm looking to do for another 20 yeah. years. Probably going to go the construction route, trying to stay outside and be able to work with my hands a little bit. Heck, yeah, that's awesome. And you, I mean, you're good with people, too, so I think that's... Yeah, I like yeah, I like to be out and about and talking to folks. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So, uh, So tell me... Tell me what you thought overall about the Box Canyon match. 
So the Box Canyon match, I had a black. Well, for one, it's it's not my home range. I'd probably say it's my second closest range. It's about an hour and a half from me. So I've shot in regional matches. I shot the Box Canyon match the first year. It was an NRL match. It wasn't suppressed. So I shot it the first year. Like I said, I've shot a handful of one-day matches out there at Ryan's place. I didn't shoot it last year because I didn't have a suppressor. This year, I had a suppressor that's still in jail, but Jake was kind enough to bring it down. Well, I went up to his place and, and shot it, and I got it tuned in with load. And he was kind enough to brought he brought it down here for a one-day match. I got used to it a little bit, and then he brought it out there. Nice. So, obviously. So what, what suppressor did you run? I ran a KGM uh, R65. I okay. picked up a couple certs last year. A couple 50% off certs, actually. And they let me use it as a whole 100%. Oh, certain. nice. So, so that worked out. So, yeah, it's still still in jail, so it's not actually in my hands. But Jake was cool enough to bring it down for me and let me, let me shoot a couple times. So Went out there and shot it this year, and I had a blast, obviously. Well, I think that was your first time shooting there, but it's, it's like yeah, two ranges in one. Yeah. It's And obviously, the yeah. finale is going to be there. It's it's fun. I, I didn't know, to be honest with you, I didn't know how I was going to like the suppressor-only piece. Like I said, the, last year I didn't shoot it because I didn't have one. I didn't really want to do the loner piece. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had a blast. He, he always – I knew he was going to have a lot of animal targets, like shooting animal targets, just different different stuff. Um, he's got all sorts of different winds and canyons and always has the one big, like, 100, what, 150-degree swing around-the-world yeah. stage. Yeah. Always has that one, which is pretty neat. It's not a – I like it. It's not your typical uh, square range where you shoot in one direction. Once you figure out the wind, it's basically the same the whole time, you know. Right. Uh, you, you obviously saw that we're shooting different winds even on the same stage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was one. Day. So that was my first match to be two with golf carts. I thought that was freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely helped. Um, and I thought it was cool that um, they had like events both nights um i hadn't been somewhere where they did that and it was just cool to be able to you know met some more people and hung out but i just i thought that was unique that they yeah i think ryan's done that every year and i think it is the only place some places you'll see they do it like one night or the other night right sunday's always the ceremony you know so you kind of get together then but yeah he had something friday night had some saturday night and obviously sunday people got together for the, the award ceremony so yeah He's done that every time, and I think that is one of the few. Now, I didn't make it. I don't know if you went down to shot Impact Foundation. It sounded like they did the same type thing last year. I didn't make it down there. Yeah, I went. uh, Honestly, I can't remember. Uh, That match kind of kicked my butt a little bit. So, Well, I heard it did that to a lot of folks. It was hot. I guess it was just hotter than the gigs. Yeah, it was hot. not like super high winds, but a lot of switchy winds, and it and it, it was a tough match for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I bet you I would almost bet my paycheck if Beamer and Moles are running the finale, they're probably gonna do the same thing. I bet you there's gonna be something Friday night, there's gonna be something Saturday night, yeah, and have the big finale deal on Sunday night. 
I hope so. I, I thought it was super cool. Um, and then, so you had kind of told me about it a little bit beforehand, but for the, I guess those that haven't been there, said so the, having the North range and the South range was super cool. And then each of those, I mean, probably span like 120 degrees or so. And you kind of shooting one direction from one end of the firing line, it kind of swung around and, and then it did it on both sides. So, I mean, it was, you were working different wind angles all day. And then, and then that's one of the things I want to get into. Dude, the wind switched so freaking much. I mean, and, you know, we were, I think we were pretty lucky that the wind speed wasn't that high for most of it. But, I mean, like, and we were getting ready for that first, that, that big panoramic stage. And it would just, I mean, it's changing 180 degrees every five minutes. Yeah, I think it switched three or four times. People were making multiple cards on that stage just because you made it too early. You were, yeah. That is one good thing about that. Almost every match I've shot out there, one stage you're shooting one direction, the next stage you shoot a totally different direction, even though you're on the same side of the, the road and you're still shooting to the south or to the north. But they set it up to where you're shooting at an angle that's not the same direction. So your wind's always going to be different. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um is it so kind of with that what did you what did you think so we've both shot uh the loophole match clay's match and now box canyon this year what did you think uh like difficulty wise where did this match fall so I, if you look at my points you would think it was second because of the loophole match Man, I should have got a lot more points. I was pretty upset with myself Dude, after me, that one. Me and you both. I, I made so many stupid mistakes in that match. Yeah, and it was – yeah, I don't like to use the word meatballs. I have my own determination for meatball, but I should have scored way more points. Like, that was – yeah, that was going to kick me all season, you know. But for <laughs> me, Box Canyon is the second hardest match, even though it won't look like it on points. Like I said, if it's loophole, I should have scored more. Um, Clay's match will be the hardest match I bet you I ever shoot. Yeah. With the wins he had and, the, and you know, the four tenths may, may be up to 4.8, like not even five tenths target. That will definitely be the hardest match. But This one, yeah, it was hard in all the right places, I think. It wasn't hard to just to be hard, like just right. to try to give people the shaft, you know. that That's what I thought, too. Um, you know, because – and we had talked a little bit that, you know – and you said uh, there were going to be a lot of animal targets. And in my mind, when I generally think animal targets, you know, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of coyotes and pigs and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, these are, these are going to be pretty forgiving targets um, wind wise. And I got there and I was like, man, these are the freaking smallest animals I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got, yeah. They aren't like full size. He's got some, I don't know what you'd call them quarter, third size. And, well, some yeah. of them are like buzzards where they're tall, but they are not very wind friendly. Like mm-hmm. he's always had, I think I was telling, I think I was telling you about it. He usually has a, uh, a beaver TYL. I don't think we shot that this time. No, he's got a big beaver TYL. It's got a big old <laughs> tail hanging off the bottom. Like you're trying to figure out where to hold that. It's the widest. And sometimes that's not the middle of the plate. Like sometimes you're holding a little lower, lower right. because that's the more wind forgiving area on the plate or on the target. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it, I thought it was, uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to be, I definitely don't think it was as hard as Clay's match, but I thought it was definitely 
I think it will end up probably being one of the harder matches of the year. Um, with the wind and uh, direction changes and size of the targets and making you think. And I, But I thought, I thought it was a super good match. But I definitely think it was tough. Yeah. yeah it, it's Well, I think what was it, stage number one with the Bears? Yeah, some of them that are walking bears, some are standing bears. Like, it's not all the same like you would think. Like, coyote targets, you usually see a profile of a coyote. Well, he had some that are howling, so they're right. pretty thin but tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has, a, he has a lot of different stuff that I think probably a lot of people hadn't seen or had yeah. never shot at, you know. So it, it makes it pretty unique. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so kind of run through, run through your gear. What are you running? on your gun and what's the setup all right so i'm running a foundation centurion uh with a weight kit uh, i'm shooting at impact action hawk hill bottom metal trigger tech diamond trigger hawk hill rings loophole uh, 525 pr2 scope a Bartland barrel spun up by uh, Jake with SFS Customs or SFS Surefire Arms. Um, what am I? An Ace Break out there. I was running the uh, the KGM R65. Yep. Uh, Harris Bipod and uh, We Bad bags. Okay. In a six dasher. What bullets? One hundred nine uh, burgers. Okay. Alpha Brass, 450s. I think everybody's using it in Bargain. Yep. Okay. Is it not for around here? It's not much different than anybody else. The Oki setup, yeah. you'll hear a lot of people yeah. call it. Yeah. It was uh, so, oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Kyle, uh, McCormick. Um, yeah, McCormick. Yeah, so he, that was my first time shooting with him, and we were riding around. You know, hey, where are you from? He's like, well, if you sell my rifle, you know exactly where I was from. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, like eight of the ten people were running uh, Foundation Impact, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially our squad. I mean, we're all, I think we're all Midwest Midwest folks. I mean, you were yeah. just from the South, but still in the Midwest. Like, yeah. and you you were even running the foundation like what i was going to ask you what you think i think that was your first match with your foundation wasn't it? it dude it was my first match with the foundation and uh i absolutely freaking loved it um, i was gonna say you you shot like it. you you shot pretty dang well dude i was i was ecstatic man um this was my best finish at a match i i, I wish i could have held on to the position i had after the first day um but i had two stages go pretty bad the second day um, but yeah, I had, indeed, it, it was awesome. Like I had so many people coming up to me at the, at the dinner after the first day. And, uh, and I just kept telling me, I was like, man, I gotta, t- I gotta give John Kyle a freaking hug, man. This is my first match with the foundation. And, and, and I, I loved it, man. And especially shooting with a suppressor, um, it was just different. And, and I was able to, I felt more in control and the that recoil impulse was just different and i i loved it i absolutely loved it and i knew i i, I knew i would but uh yeah i'm 
the foundation was just awesome. And I was running a TL3 um, that match. I have an impact now, and I got to go shoot it uh, yesterday, and it's, it's stupid smooth. Um, <laughs> yeah, wait till that's what. Wait till you break it in. Like it will only get smoother. It's ridiculous how I've got a couple yeah. newer actions, and I can tell the difference when I pull out. I keep my same match rig as a, I just spin the barrel off and spin the barrel back on, even though I have a backup. Yeah. And this thing, it's got some of the black is all wore off, but it is <laughs> so smooth on the bolt. Like it is ridiculous. It will only get smoother. Yeah. I, uh, I had one uh, practice. I, I miscounted my rounds. And, uh, and this is like the first, probably the first action that w- when I ran the bolt forward, I didn't realize that I didn't pick up a round. And, and I pulled the trigger and it just went click. And I was like, crap. And I thought I was going to have like a hang fire or something stupid. So I sat there for a second and I ran a bolt back and nothing came out. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to pay a lot closer attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'll, <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to. That's what I like about it. Like, so I've told my story on my, my podcast a little bit, but in case people hadn't heard, I'm a lefty like you are. Yep. So when I first started like i said i had that ar and i was trying to get in on some of these rifles and i i put a uh, order down with um pva when they did uh, john hancock they were doing john hack hancock rifles what they called them they were going to be production and i think they only did them really one year mm-hmm. and they're using an arc nucleus and it's supposed to come out left-handed i got like four or five months of yeah next month next month next month i finally canceled my order i didn't get my deposit back but they let me spend it on some of their stuff. I got some magazine followers and stuff like that. <clears throat> well, then I went with a Curtis. Actually, Beamer, at one of our matches, Mike Beamer let me shoot his his gun, and he had a, a, a Curtis in a MPA chassis. Like, dang, that was the first time I'd ever shot a gun. At that time, I had a Savage. First time I'd ever shot a gun, I saw Trace. Like, it was just ridiculous. He's shooting a Dasher. I was shooting a, a 6.5, like I said, in a Savage. I was like 12 pounds, like, I was right. just looking at clouds every time I shot. There was no <laughs> seeing where you hit impact. You know? So then I tried going that route. So I, that's right when Curtis was had mentioned they were having left-handed actions made. Well, come to find out at the same time that the Curtis and Terminus deal was going on, and I was getting mm. kind of the same thing, like another month, another month, another month. Well, I finally talked to some folks out here, Derek Love, and talked to Beamer. And, um, Derek Dornbush is one of the – he used to shoot a lot around here and spun up a lot of barrels. He's kind of went the coyote hunting route now and got out of the competition side of it. He was out there all rowing at Box Canyon. And I finally got a hold of him and said, what, what would you do? I said, well, bite the bullet, go impact. So I did. I got a hold of Tate. He had some left-handers coming out in like three weeks. They were, nice. you know, running through the machines and getting. So I went that route with an MPA. And, of course, I got deployed. So long story short, Derek Dornbush. <laughs> Put my gun together. Derek Love loaded ammo for me and actually give it to Dornbush. Dornbush sighted in my rifle, everything. I got back late October and I was able to shoot the KPRC finale with a gun that I'd never shot, never shot, <laughs> hadn't been awesome. broken, in, had 20 rounds through it. But that's just another piece of speaking to the, you know, the folks that are in this sport. Like oh, yeah. I had three people that I, I mean, I'd known them for a little, little bit, six, seven, eight months shooting the regional stuff, but yeah, had a guy spinning up my stuff for sighting it in, breaking it in for me. Another guy building the ammo all just so I could shoot 
week after I got back from deployment, didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. That's it was just awesome. it was ridiculous. And yeah, I went went the impact route and I haven't looked back. I've got two or three more now sitting in the in the gun. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be getting more, without a doubt. Uh, but okay, so I want to kind of go over uh things uh maybe guys are trying to learn something. Um some things that stood out to me at that match. Um the the first one was uh zero day and that was <laughs> by far the worst conditions. Um uh, had I mean a twenty to twenty five mile an hour full value from the right and I saw a ton of guys zeroing to those conditions. Do you do you see the same thing? Yep. Yeah, that yeah, so I pulled my camper out there. I didn't plan on going out there so early, like I said, it's an hour and a half. But Ava, my daughter, come out and she RO'd. We end up taking off, even though it's an hour and a half away. We took off at eight o'clock in the morning just so I could beat the winds with that camper. Because I knew when we got out there, there I, I did go and shoot down shoot, lay down and shoot just because uh Jacob brought the suppressor down, so I screwed it on out there just to check everything, see if it's all right. But but yeah, I think even when I put it in my kestrel. It's calling for like two tenths at a hundred yards. Yeah. So I shot, I was about two tenths left. I just left it. I, I put everything in. I shot the Ram. I think it was a thousand yards. I was yeah. hitting the Ram with two or two and a half mils of wind. Yeah. So I did, I just didn't change a thing, but I saw a lot of people were shoot laying down there or getting up, messing with their scope, messing with their Kestrel, trying to change stuff. And I was like, Oh man, I trust your stuff. <laughs> yes. That was not a good day to try to figure stuff out. Yeah, well, and so you know, I was I was stressed out a little bit because like it's new rifle, new load, and all this stuff, and I and I zeroed it before I left, but you know, wanted to double check, and, and I got it, and, and it, I was two tenths high and like two and a half tenths left, and I was a little anxious about leaving it there, but I, you know, checked the Kestrel and sure enough, that's what it said, and I ran everything out, and it, and it lined up. Um, but yeah, I just that was something. Put a note out there for guys: don't don't zero your rifle when there's twenty or thirty mile an hour winds yeah. out there. Yeah. And it's kind uh, of opposite of of what you hear. Like you hear, well, I've heard a lot of folks on some of the podcasts talking. A lot of them are like the uh, NRL matches. It's like the Fridays are always the nicest weather you can get, uh, and then come Saturday, Sunday, the wind's blowing. Well, this is just a total opposite. Because, yeah, yeah, it was, we still had wind. Saturday and Sunday, especially Sunday, but it yeah. wasn't nearly what it was that Friday when people are trying to figure their stuff out, you know? Yeah. And, and so I talked to a guy, um, he, he shot and his zero, his zero was good. He was a couple tenths high and he, he get he started to change it. And I was like, well, look, look at your Kestrel. And he's like, yeah, it says two tenths down. So I said, he's like, so I need to be, I need to come down four tenths. And I was like, no, 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 think about it for a second. It's saying you should hold two tenths low. And he's like, oh, oh. so that was just, I had never had to zero in such bad conditions, but it's just something that, that definitely stood out uh, while we were there. Um, so Moving on, what uh, what stages? And I've got my matchbook here with me, um, but then there's a few stages that I want to go over. But were any stages that stood out to you as particularly awesome, or were there any that went 
poorly for you? Yeah, I well, they were all right <laughs> together. So day one, where did you where were you at after day one? I meant to ask you earlier. Well, I was in fourteen. Were you after day one? Yeah. Damn, I didn't realize that. I was I was fifty seventh after day one. I think I dropped like thirty five. So day one, like all of day one just seemed like it didn't go right for me, trying to get it right. But my worst stage, so one that stands out to me as my worst stage was stage one off that rooftop, that tall rooftop. Yep, that was okay. That was the one I wanted to talk about. So, so that was that was my my worst one. I kind of got lost. Well, in fact, my next I'll just give you a little hit. My next uh episode for my podcast is gonna be the mental game. Like try to talk about the mental game. I've been nice. listening to some other podcasts and give some that really into the whole mental game and shooting. But so I I got up there. I was first on that one. So I was riding around with Nick and we come over. He was shooting right after me. So it worked out good that we were in the cart together. Yeah. So we shot over there on that north side and then came right over to the south side because I was up first. Got over there, watched everybody. So I knew where the targets were at. Set up my my arm board. And I usually like that's my biggest thing is routine. I, I didn't come across the road trying to get stuff straight. I wasn't in my routine. I usually go over there and dial my dope while sitting on the ground. My my gun's sitting on the ground. I'll mm-hmm. dial my first round dope. <clears throat> and I didn't do that. Well, then I still get up there and I look, I stand my rifle up and I look at it. And for some reason, I still left it on zero. Like I just, I was totally out of oh, I get no. up there, shoot the bottom of the post on the first one. I was like, what the, oh, didn't dial. Dial for the second one. Anyway, 10 round stage, I ended up getting a three just because I was, from the start, I was flustered. Yeah. And get my head back in it. So that was my worst one. Okay. It, okay. And so, so for those listening, uh, so stage one, and I, so I got a seven on that one. I was, I was pretty happy because it's, that was, that's a good score on that. Yeah. Um, so there were, there were five, five animal targets all with relatively same distances, like 465 to 525, kind of, uh, left you know around the base of this hill and then up towards the top there was a confirmation target at 625 you had to animal confirmation animal and you had to go near to far on the animals but left or right they were not near to far so you had to it was a weird order Um, and that's what that's what got me i sat there and i watched everybody like that's i'm upset with myself that i didn't get my mental game prepped yeah the way i should have yeah it was uh you had to be on top of it for sure. It was it, it was very very easy to get lost and, uh, but yeah. I, and I, the thing I was frustrated. I, I was happy with my score, but on the, I missed the confirmation target three times. And, and in my in my prep, it was two tenths two tenths more wind out the confirmation. For whatever reason, it was the same wind. I had six tenths at the animals and six tenths at the uh, at the confirmation, and I held eight, went off the right, came back to it, did it again, came back to it, did it yeah. again. Finally, and I finally brought it in. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a. I, I I thought that stage stood out, and it was a pretty big rooftop. Um, see, it wasn't the most comfortable of all things. To did you use the the stair step bag? I did. That that's one thing. His I've never liked his rooftop. It's steep. It's tall and it's steep. Yeah, I I probably shouldn't have. I used it 
I don't think it hurt me. I think I probably could have shot it just as well with my bag to shoot it as a positional. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you, you use any other bag other than? Yeah. No, I just I just did the the one bag. I I've tried. So one of the things I've learned, uh, and sometimes it's helped me. Sometimes I probably should have had the skills to do what everyone else is doing. But there's been a handful of stages where you know some guy you know the guy coming up first will come up with a really good plan and everybody else does it and it's come back and kind of bite me and i don't really use that and i don't know i'm just a big guy and i was afraid that i'd try and get it up there you know it fumble around with it and not ever be able to get steady and, and so i just i didn't want to jack with it um and i felt plenty stable on it it wasn't I yeah guess the it wasn't needed. Yeah. So it was good. So for me, the one that, so my, the very next stage, uh, stage two on that trailer, that troop line going out, um, I got a three. Did you? And yeah. And it was, the wind was just gusting. At that point, it was full value and it was just up and down, up and down. And I was watching some other people go and they're running into the same things. Uh, and I was second on that. And Bushman went, did did good. And uh, him with the other handful of guys I got to watch hit the first target. Um, it was at 493, and they hit it with half a minute. I went out. It's too strong. When it completely died, came back, I hit it with two tenths. And then I moved out, and I was just left, right, left, right, left, right. And it was just – it was up and down. And, like, I needed two tenths. At 493 and the fourth target at 804, I needed 1.7. <laughs> and then it and then it died back down. I needed like 1.1 for the fifth one. I missed it both times. I mean, it was just and I and I like I felt like I was making good corrections. And, uh yeah, and I could just I could hear people in the squad on glass behind me because I hit left and then I hit right. And, oh and yeah. Again, you can tell you're making the corrections that it, it calls for, but it's not working out. Yeah, that's yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, that one. Uh, and that was the deal. Is that the, like I walked off and I was I was frustrated, but uh, at the same time, I don't know if I could have done a whole lot more. Um, but it, that was kind of it. Is what it is. Yeah. Um, so then you you already kind of talked about it a little bit, but the panoramic ones. Um, there were two two panoramic troop lines off of picnic tables. Uh, we shot one the first day and one the second day. The first day, yeah, what was it? It's like 150 degrees? or Yeah, it's got to be at least 150. I mean, you're not, you're not obviously shooting 180, but that's fire not, but yeah, it's 140, 150 degree pan. Yeah, and it was, so in that one, it was, it was left or right, and we were sitting there, and I, I didn't. Even, I, I didn't even write anything down for wind. It was. It was just changing so much, and uh, I ran like a few deals through my Kestrel of if it was coming from this direction, trying to think this, and the other direction, think that, and uh, I just trying to watch Mirage. And uh, what do you get? What do you know? You remember what you got on that stage? I don't. I don't have my book with me. I think I. I think I got a seven or eight. That one went actually pretty well for me. Yeah. So once I got a, I got a five. I missed all of my first shots. Um, 
on each target. So that one was frustrating. Yeah. Well, see, and that's one of the deals that I got to talk about, talk about the mental game, which you, you just said that you went left and right, you're making corrections and it's going right where your center dot is, you know. <clears throat> but you got to feel good when you, you're missing the first one, but you're hitting the second one. Like your corrections are working. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was my takeaway from when I kind of took my notes is that that I missed all my first ones. So I need to and, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that, but it, I need to have a better game plan for transitioning. But my my corrections were solid. So I was happy with it. Um, and then the other one uh, on the north range, it wasn't as big of a swing, maybe like a 60 or 70 degree swing. Um, but you had to go back and forth. And it wasn't just a left or right. Um, I cleaned that one. I was, I was stoked. The wind. Uh, Dang! Oh yeah, like, yeah. We we got up there late. I think I got there right when you cleaned it. Yeah, um, the wind was holding, and and I was like, at Austin shot, and I was like, please get out of the way. Like I, I want to go right. <laughs> um, did you write? Did you write winds down on the, on that one, or did you yeah. just watch Mirage on them? Yeah, I did. I did write something down on that one. Uh, it did. It had held for the last couple shooters on the stage before, and um, we had gone over there and watched the a couple guys shoot, and it, it was hanging in there the same direction, and uh, we just we just went for it. Uh, I don't know if the RO was quite ready, but <laughs> we're we're like, Are you good? We're, we're ready. Yeah, yeah. Jump down there, and that's. Some of the, some of it just comes down to luck. Like when you shoot, yeah. During you know, obviously the top guys are are real good at it, but some of it does come down to what the wind's doing when it's your turn to, to shoot. Because yeah. you you're holding one wind, and the next guy could be holding next to nothing or a whole lot more. It, there's yeah. a big piece of timing comes in it that you can't really can't really play the timing piece. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, up. Like our first stage on the second day. Um, Kyle got up there, held straight up, and so did the next guy. Clean both. I think Kyle cleaned it. Another guy got a nine, and then right after that, it picked up to like ten miles an hour. Yeah, it started blowing good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, one of the other ones I thought was kind of cool was uh, the Leo Photo sponsor stage with the tripod yep. and shooting the the KYL. Um, have you ever shot a KYL with a tripod? Yeah, I've done the similar. Yeah, I've done similar um, stages like that. Okay. Not using someone else's tripod. I wasn't sure how I was going to like that, but the way they set it up, they were sponsoring it. You basically use theirs or got real close on time if you're going to deploy your own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, it was, yeah, just like what you said, if you use, it was a Leo photo stage. If you use theirs, you could have it ready. You could go with it set up. If you use your own, you deployed it on the clock, and it was a five-target TYL, five shots kneeling, five shots standing. Um, the shitty part was at that time of day, dude. The mirage was so freaking bad. Oh, it was. Targets were pretty banged up, and it was, they were way washed out between just great targets on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that knee-high grass and the mirage. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough. I got a seven on that. I was way way freaking stoked that. Yeah, I know. Could... that was another one. Of my I got a nine on that one. I shot last. I shot 
first on that one when we just crossed the road. So I felt pretty good about that one. Yeah. Well, and so, uh, and we'll kind of get into like what you're talking about prep, but so at the loophole match, I feel like I dropped a lot of points because there were some stages that were very conducive to using tripod rear and I wasn't comfortable with it at that point. And it, it bit me and I, I dropped uh, like the, that swing, that swinging prop one, uh, that was just an absolute train wreck. It's like the green deal it had the, and then it, it pivoted. Oh yeah. 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 That one was a train wreck for me. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Yeah. I, I don't know that Texas match is like almost like not getting back to the mental piece. Like targets were big enough. I thought it was just going to be that easy. Like I didn't put right. all my concentration into a bunch of them that I needed to or should have. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since since that match, I've been uh, at, not that it's a a huge thing, I guess, but I've been I wanted to get comfortable using a tripod rear support, and and it it definitely helped. Uh, yeah, it's another yeah another tool for to use. And the thing is that if it's allowed and you're not using it, you're almost handicapping yourself. Like you're taking points away from yourself. Yeah. If you can get more steady and you're comfortable with it, you need to have it at least practice with it once or twice to be comfortable enough to use it on the clock. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not uh, an expert at it by any stretch, but it it took me like an hour to get comfortable with it. Um, you know, just general like get because the 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 thing that wrecked me when i tried because I, I tried it on one stage at the texas match and getting it lined getting the rifle lined up with the target and knowing where to put the leg it, it but it's not that hard so i guess what i'm saying is people that don't do it do it <laughs> yeah it's not hard but it once you start fumbling with it then you start getting the clock starts getting in your head and it it can turn bad quick yes yeah, just get comfortable with it. You know, maybe do a couple dry fire sessions with it. Yeah. But uh, that's what I end up doing. I, I still, well, Clay's match, the one we were shooting off the, uh, oh, they're like little cones. Oh, yeah. And Austin like Bushman got up there and had the tripod, but had a tack table in a bag. Yep. Well, Bushman made it look so easy. Like, oh, shit, I'll, I'll do that. No, I should have stuck with just a bag. Like, I just, that's what I've been learning throughout this year. Like Texas taught me a little bit. I need to get more concentrated. I need to not do what the other guy's doing or make it look easy. Clay's match, especially to that stage. Austin, he makes it all look easy, but he made that look easy. I should have just shot it off a bag. So that's really what I took in the box canyon was don't try doing anything crazy. Just go up there and, and shoot my match. And I think I did pretty well, especially on stage two or on day two. Like don't try getting fancy. Just because the guy in front of you or a couple guys in front of you makes it look easy because they've obviously yeah. practiced whatever they're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, Austin and well, most of the Oklahoma guys are, I mean, just kings at with attack table. Like I, I don't like it. I and and I, and I I never I never practiced with it. And like the so the that animal tyl where you shot off the tailgate and then off the bed rail that the whole squad used the attack table. I almost didn't do it because it's bit me in the butt before 
Um, and I was going to use a tripod. And and after I watched a handful of guys go through, I was like, you know, it's it's kind of dummy proofed by this point. So, um, and it worked out well. Well, see, I was the same. I was the exact same boat as you. Was I was debating it, debating it. I was going to do the exact same thing as you. I was actually going to put my bag up there, rest it like I was shooting a positional, but then use a tripod. I like doing that instead of the the bag way out in front. I think it feels for me it's mm-hmm. more steady if I just use my big wee bag and set it on there like I'm shooting. Positional oh, okay, and then add the tripod. But yeah, same with you. But the good thing for us, call it gaming or not, they let set up the tripod on the tack table the first guy used it and then everybody's able to use it after that i'm sure every squad is doing it that way but right if we had to do it on the clock i probably would have went bag tripod mm-hmm. and went that route but yeah i was my exact same fear as you on that one was <laughs> oh man here we go let's give it a shot i think i ended up i ended up shooting a nine on that one yeah that was one of our day two stages i shot like three or four nines in a row <laughs> nice yeah, because I, I did the same, like you're, with the buoy stage at Clay's. I did a, at Tate's match last year. Um, I was right behind Tony Gore, and he and it was this little scaffold thing that we were shooting bowling pins off of, and uh, he made it look like no problem. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Yeah, dude, go ahead, use it. It's, it's awesome." And it was awful. I mean, trainer, I I, I couldn't get get the gun where i needed it to to save my life yeah but um then so the last the last stage <laughs> said that the oki troop line we all got up oh, yeah. there. um yeah. i got a three it, it it killed me uh what did you what do you think about that i think i think i shot a seven so i didn't mind it but i i had my wind set up and every, I think every shot that I missed was a first round miss, and I impacted on my second round. So I took that as a positive out That's of that good. stage. So I was, I was close. I don't think I was ever more than half a mil or six tenths off. So that's, I mean, that's off, but right. But I mean, the, the way we were kind of panning, I was just yeah. hoping to be close on the first shot. I was hoping to walk out of there with a four or five because yeah. I was hoping I'd make a first shot if I didn't have an impact and I'd. I'd correct, really pay attention and correct off that. So seven, I felt real good. That, did you shoot first? Yeah, I was the first second. guy. Yeah, you I was I was first up on that. So I Ooh. shot with you. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, I was in the second batch. I was the first guy. <coughs> in the batch. Yeah, some um, of the some of the guys in the second batch heard and the wind probably changed. Like, there were a couple of years he got threes, fours, like, oh man. Well in in Dude, it was is the same is the same thing on the one the my other three, I I'd hit or I, I'd see where I hit make a a quick adjustment and and kind of like you I mean I was, you know I was having to make decent corrections four five six seven tenths, but then I'd I'd make that and I hit in the exact same spot, and it, it just I could, I don't I couldn't do anything, yeah. and, I, and now obviously there were a couple of guys on there that got sevens and eights i mean they figured it out but it, it was not mine yeah but between that and the, the other troop line i dropped 14 points in two stages and it just that was half my drops yeah i was gonna say that <clears throat> that hurts but definitely sound like you you bounced back that's for sure um so the next thing i want so and you kind of touched on it 
and this is the the one mental thing I wanted to talk about. Walk walk us through your stage prep. So, you know, regardless of the stage, what's you know, what do you what do you always do? What do you make sure is good to go? Um, how do you make a game plan? Uh, <clears throat> so my my stage prep starts <clears throat> the night. Well, actually, like Friday night. So Friday night, I don't really go through the matchbook and study it, but I go through the matchbook. I use uh, Hornady Ford off on my phone. Okay. So I go through Friday when I get the the matchbook, I go through and make my stage cards in the Ford off app. I put all the distances in, and I make my uh, my armboard cards. Okay. At the same time. So I found for me, I, I do that the night before because when I get on the stage, I have, there's less messing around. Like all my, my distances are written down. I don't have to, doesn't take me the two to three minutes to do that. Yep. So it actually, every stage starts for me Friday night. And then when I get to a stage, I try to get there and watch. Usually you come up on the other squad. So I try to watch where they're shooting at before. I ever ask anybody kind of one of my pet peeves, people walking up and asking where the target's at, where are the target's at. So I just try to look for them. So I try to look for them and find them. And when I'm doing that, I'm trying to find uh, markers looking through my binos over my binos, dead trees, um, colored patches, either dirt or green or whatever, especially, yeah. especially out there like that, because well, that clays, um, there aren't berms, you know, so the majority of everything we shot at didn't have a built berm, had like natural berms, hillsides right. or whatever. But I'm trying to find some sort of marker. So I'm looking at each target, trying to find markers. Um, then I I have a wind flag that I keep on my tripod that straps to my tripod, screws onto it. Every time I'm I look at a target and I'm looking at my my wind flag to see if I can get a degree, especially if we have a big pan. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually <clears throat> look through my binos. I hold my Ford off at my chest, pointing straight at the bino. I just back up off the binos and then hit my, uh, I capture my, my direction, my firing okay. direction or firing azimuth off each target. And I have my card out. I have a little, uh, what's called like a tripod hammock that straps to each of my tripod yep. legs so I can set my stuff on. I set my matchbook there. I put my uh, arm board sheet on there, my dope sheet. And then I do up my, my phone, put the wind in, get all figured out. And I run, I have five wind columns drawn out on my, my dope sheet on my arm mm-hmm. board. Um, the middle one I have actually, it's a little bit tinted, a little bit different color. I have some Excel. Chris Baxter made me some Excel spreadsheet cards that kind of have elevation this side, windage this side, has a, has a different colored one in the middle. So I run that as what my predicted wind is going to be. Mm. So I take I take my wind. I try to take it three to four shooters. Not If I'm last shooter, I won't take it right at the beginning. I try to take it three or four shooters from my spot. Yeah. Just so, like we're talking about on around the world, I'm not making three or four different cards, which I've done before. <clears throat> the wind starts moving around. I'll take a wind speed. I, I do the average, and I might I write that right down the middle of my arm board. And that's what that's 
if I was shooting it right now, when I was writing it down, that's what I would start with. Obviously, that after three or four shooters sometimes, but I'll write that down. So say that's 10 mile an hour. I make sure my directions are all good. And then I'll do a couple mile an hour below and a couple mile an hour above that. And how I set that up is the wind's usually, so say you do 10 mile an hour, you do 12 mile an hour. You'll, you'll figure out if you do 10 and 12 and the jump is two tenths for one and you go down as two tenths, you go down as three tenths, you go down as four tenths. If you go up from 12 to 14, it's usually going to be another two tenths, right. another two tenths, another three tenths. So I usually do my main. So say that's 10. I'll do eight. I'll do an eight below it and I'll do a 12 above it. And if the wind's really gusting like it was out there, I do one more above it. So I do like a 14. Mm. If it got over that, then, you know, just to add that two tenths to the 16, two tenths, three tenths, because you'll be able to yep. see a pattern. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I prep for my arm board. Um, like I was talking about on the, that I didn't do on the um, uh, roof stage, I'll go up and actually dial my first dope and my wind if I'm going to hold wind or if I'm going to dial wind. I'll dial it while my gun's sitting on the ground. Mm -hmm. I'll check it. <clears throat> it. was my turn. They call me up. I'm checking it again. I'm, I'm checking my parallax. I kind of go around and over the top. I check my parallax. I set it for my first target or if it's, if it's like three targets, I'll usually set it for the middle so I don't mm -hmm. have to mess with it afterwards. Check my dope, which I didn't for some reason <laughs> on that roof stage. And then I'll check my wind. If I'm shooting wind, I'll dial it. Or if I'm going to hold wind and hold center up, then I'll dial it. Because I do, depending on the stage, I'll do both. Sometimes I'll dial all my wind or I'll just set it on zero and hold off the whole time, depending right. on what, what the stage calls for. And then... Uh, Insert my mag. I'll check it again. I, I have a, a electronic level. Make sure I turn it on before the stage starts. And then hopefully remember everything and get after it when the buzzer goes off. Hell yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's my stage prep. And I try to keep it exactly the same. But like I said, if I get out of rhythm, another one of my rhythm pieces is as soon as I get done shooting, I take all my brass, I go put it back, and I try to reload my magazine so it's all set. I got out of rhythm on yep. a couple of times. With the golf carts kind of threw a, threw a kink in it, you know, it just yeah. wasn't used to a golf cart. Was, and Nick even told me, he shot it last year. He's like, man, the golf cart kind of threw me off my rhythm. What? And we got a couple <laughs> stages in. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how. It is. My gun's over here. My bag's back on the cart. Yeah. Usually I keep everything somewhat together, you know. It's just another thing to think about to try and try and stay in the in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, mine's pretty much the, identical to what you all just said it. It's I run a fly ballistics Kestrel and I build the sectors, uh, which that I got that from Morgan King's podcast, but that has been one of the biggest time savers for me, um, is setting up the sectors in the Kestrel. Cause I, I, I would, I would always do the cards like Friday night, but then I would get to the stage and do each target one at a time. And, uh, do doing the sectors and, and especially on the ones that have like multiple uh directions and being able to capture wind relative to one target and it's spitting out that dude that was awesome it, it helped me a ton yes that's one thing i used kestrel for a little while 
and I was using my Ford off. So I have a Ford off <clears throat> wind meter. And since the app come out, I've just been using the app, but I was using it in my Ford off actual wind meter. I mean, I wouldn't call it a, well, the Kestrel deal. Yeah. You know, I was doing it like that, but I couldn't make stage cards and stuff like that. The one thing I do like about the Kestrels, though, is, yeah, like you just said, like you once you capture the wind, then you capture the targets and it automatically changes for you. Ford off doesn't do that. It's kind of a, a pain. Mm-hmm. You've got to set the wind to every target. It doesn't move with the target gotcha. or the firing, firing direction, you know? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like a, that was one. It, so that, that first panoramic deal with it changing direction so much. Um, that was one thing that helped me a lot. I still missed all my first shots, but um, like I would run like a four o'clock win relative to the first target and look and see what all those were. And then I could change it to a seven o'clock and it would, you know, then automatically. And so I could, I bounced back and forth a couple of times and, you know, trying to familiarize like, like we were talking about the pattern stuff like that. So I do think that was one, that's one thing that I've implemented that has helped a ton just for time's sake and stage prep. Yeah. So that's the one thing I, I don't want to shoot all day long, but I don't want to be rushed because I feel like I, I get out of rhythm and then I forget something. Mm-hmm. That's just one of them times. So do you, well, I'm sure I probably know what you've done with panoramic. Do you dial your wind sometimes ever? Or you hold um, on everything. So, so I told you we I took that little mini, mini JTAC train up, um, like my, my first year, and you know all those guys are huge proponents of dialing wind. I've taken the JTAC class. They are dead set on tripods or bipods and bag every chance you get. Yep. And dial and dial your wind. They are. So, you know, at that point in my shooting career, I was like, you know, I was trying to take in everything these guys are saying. And so I, I, I started dialing wind for everything. And once I kind of got a little more comfortable shooting, um, I dialed that way back. Um, I would say I primarily hold wind now, um, but I do dial for certain stages. Um, so like that, like that stage one off the rooftop, I dialed that because um, it was all the all of the animals were. I, I was getting the same win for all the animals, and I was like, okay, I can make a quick adjustment, and then I was like, and then the whole two tents on the far one, or if it's like a like a PRS barricade, I'll generally dial for that because it's one target, and it's easier and faster for me to find the center dot than a whole, you know, a specific hold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very stage dependent. But now I'd say most of the time I'm just holding. Yeah, that's a, that's the same for me. I I took the J Tech class, the the two day class, and I had started. I started off. I never touched my windage. Like I was always holding holding wind one way or the other. And then I was new enough. Then sometimes I was holding the wrong side of wind. Like it was Doesn't just that. you know being new and learning. You know. And then I went to, I took the class <clears throat> and I dialed a bunch of, I still wasn't dialing all the time. Because, like you're saying, for me, it's extremely stage dependent. Like yeah. If everything, if it's a, if it's a troop line all in the same direction, I'll dial wind. Well, like the trailer, 
I dialed win on stage two that you had mentioned. I ended up getting lucky and I cleaned that one, but I dialed win because there's enough time. There wasn't any movement. There's five targets. There's absolutely no movement. So I dialed win just so I could hold up center and I could try to see. I couldn't even, I could tell I was hitting targets. I couldn't tell where I was hitting targets. It's so mirage. So <laughs> yeah. I was hoping if I miss, I could tell where it was at, but yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's for me too, like the round the world, I don't know how you would have dialed that because you were holding left wind once right yeah. wind the next. I don't know how someone would have held that, but no, it's, I don't, I don't it's almost 50, 50 or maybe. Yeah. Well, probably 70, 30. I still dial a lot of wind if I can. See, like, so I, I dialed so after that and like probably that the rest of that season, you know, and I would dial troop lines and stuff like that. But I just found myself getting too lost, especially, you know, if it's a pretty basic, you know, two shot moving out, you know, it's not too bad. Um, but even just, I'm getting a lot better at it, but I think especially for like guys learning or, or, or growing in it, the, the thing that I think has helped me the most is, is my brain being able to process information faster on the clock. And it was just one more thing to add on to it. And so like for troop lines, like I just, I don't, it's one, I, I have my, in my head, you know, like, okay, this one's a two ten jump. And I'm just going to pull two. Um, it's just, it's got, for me, it's, it's gotta be very simple to, to dial in now. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's just personal preference, but yeah. Um, so what did you, what did you learn from the match? Oh, my biggest takeaway was, well, I was trying to stay positive. Like I said, I'm trying to work this mental game this year. Clay's really helped out. Texas really got me down. That's where I started trying to dig into it. <coughs> Clay's kind of boosted my, uh, my thought process and my confidence. And then yeah, I, you did really good at that match. Yeah. I shot pretty well at play, especially for the targets size they were. So, and then even box count, I think I did pretty well. I did. I shot 35. I was kind of down or dropped 35 after day one. I was kind of down on that. And then come back and drop night 19 on day two. And that was with that, that one three on that yeah. stage. So I felt, felt pretty good about that. But that's, that's been my biggest piece is just trying to stay positive. I think I got into my own head a lot. Like, I'd have a bad stage, and I'd just sulk and pout about it. And wasn't really trying to let it show. And wouldn't walk around cussing and, and yelling and throwing stuff. But just would it would get in my head, and it, was, it would stay in my head for another couple stages, maybe even the rest of the day, depending. So I've been really been working on that. That's what I've been trying to, to learn and change was is the mental piece. Once it's, once it's over, remember it, but then forget it. Remember the wind calls and if the wind direction, you know, switched on you or whatever, but then forget about it and start over. That's that's really been my what I learned from from Clay, well, from Texas, from Clay's and from Box Canyon was really that it's a new stage, start over and get after it. Everybody else is shooting the same stuff, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we we, we pretty much cut. I mean, the prep was the biggest thing for me that, you know, being having a really good game plan yeah and, you've got to get something down that and backup plan that works for you yeah you got to have a plan b like that's <laughs> so another thing you mentioned how i how i hook up my car so even when i do dial wind or when i hold wind i still i write my hold and i put the number you know 0.2 0.3 and i circle it so i'm drawn to that but i still put 
the measurement just in case if it if it goes haywire i'm going back to zero and i'm going to hold hold my wins mm. so i always have a probably have more info than i need but as long as the way i figured as long as i'm not getting lost on mine like i can't give you my win card because you'll be lost right. but as long as i know what's going on with it and i have yeah. a backup plan like i'm writing the actual even when uh elevation if i'm holding elevation i'll put the actual measurement and then i'll put my hold and circle and i'll put my hold oh. and circle it in there so i always have a backup plan i haven't I haven't had to go to my backup plan. Like it hasn't gone so bad to where I was like, oh, yeah. let's just start over. But I always have it on there. And I double check. Now I have wrote the right elevation, but I write the wrong hold. And I send one, <laughs> you know, a tenth higher, a tenth less. What the? And I look at it. Oh, well, then I'm on the clock and I'm trying to figure it out. I have done that. I wrote the wrong stuff. But I always have my backup plan, especially when I'm holding <clears throat> on stages. That's smart. I, I've never, I, I mean, I'm going to steal that because I, I don't hold over very often, but I, I always just write, you know, whether it's you know, two, four and three, four, I just memorize that it's a mill or eight tenths or whatever it is. But I like so that. what what do you do on the. Uh, the rock stage where we're shooting straight east and straight north. Did you hold or you dial on those? Because we had three distances off the east. Oh, that one. Um, I dialed. You dialed all of them. Yeah, I dialed all my elevation. I it was um, it was little enough movement for me that I thought uh, you know, time was was forgiving enough to be able to dial it. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of like the transitioning from the north to east was on the same distance um so uh yeah i dialed everything i i i i try to dial elevation as much as possible unless it's just you know it is a big time constraint or it's a super easy hold or something like that but i I do try to dial everything yeah so on, on that one i went a little different on that one just because so if i remember right we shot off two different positions, three different rocks. Uh, the targets down the east side were three something, four something, and five something. Well, yeah. that north side one was almost the exact same four something as the middle one. Yeah. And I we shot they, those. Before. Yeah, I think we shot those like five times, the four back and forth. So yeah. I actually dialed my four and held under for the close and held over for that 500-yarder. Okay. That took a, yeah. That's another one that I went out to the range. I heard other people doing it in the, in the, uh, in my squad at one of the matches. I can't remember. And I went out the range and I practiced it. And on mine with that PR two, as long as it's not, if it's more than a mil hold under, I won't do it. I'll dial it. But that one was like six tenths under, hold dead on, and I just had to hold wind for the east and hold wind for the north. And I think it was like, well, on that PR two, I used my. Uh, 0.75 little mark mm. for the 500 and it's i like to try and keep everything as close to the center dot as i can yeah just for, easy enough for me so yeah. yeah i actually held under and i've done that a couple times now and it works See, out I, pretty well i saw some of y'all do that i've 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 held over i've never held under 
and and I don't know if it's just something I need to practice, but mentally I was just like that. I'm, that's gonna wreck me. I, <laughs> yeah. I, if anything, I would dial for the close one and hold over, hold over. Yeah. Uh, I, I just that would you'd see me just a sloppy mess on those rocks if I was gonna hold under. Yeah. And I usually, I think the only time I've ever done it is if I have three targets or less. Like yeah. sometimes I even <clears throat> you don't see it a whole lot, but if you're shooting even two targets and the far one is the bigger target, I'll hold, I'll dial for it and hold my center dot on the, the closer, smaller target. We've had yeah. some of those before. So I will hold under and over there as well, depending on target size or if we have, especially if we have three targets, I'll usually hold the middle. I'll dial the middle, hold under and hold mm -hmm. over. But it, okay. for me, it depends on target size, which, which one's more forgiving. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So the the last thing I got for you, what uh, what did you take away, or or did you struggle, or what were your thoughts on shooting with a suppressor versus a brake? So <laughs> the biggest one for me was like you had mentioned that <clears throat> the the uh, recoil impulse is way different, right? But like I said, I was. Jake was good enough to let us come up to it. Nick and I drove up to his place two Saturdays before Box Canyon, shot at his place, dialed him in. In fact, him and I both, we got lucky. We took up like three different uh, charge weights just to see mm. our gun like the best. His and mine both stuck with the same exact charge as what we were running unsuppressed. Nice. I think his, he ran his backup gun which was, I think he was saying it was like 10 feet per second slower than his match rifle at the time with the same ammo. Well, it sped right back up, so it gained 10 foot per second, went right back to where his match rifle mm. was at. Mine, I put it on my actual match rifle, had a thousand rounds on it or whatever, and it, I gained, I think, 10 foot per second. Um, my, all my ballistics stayed the same. I just put in 10 more foot per second. And everything, I didn't change BC. I didn't have to change anything like that. Nice. But that was, so we shot it up there and then shot that, that regional match here at STC. And that was, the, my biggest thing was, was the impulse. It seemed like it'd take a little bit longer for me to get settled back down to see where I was either hitting the target or where I was missing it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <clears throat> did you, did it make you change how you did anything? Like, did you? like any more pressure on the gun or did you change how you prepped anything or just um i don't no i don't think so i actually i'd like to shoot them side by side it felt like for me i liked the way it felt shooting prone it felt like it pushed straight back yeah on me and my i don't think my reticle moves a whole lot shooting that ace break especially yeah. prone but it felt like it moved even less shooting that suppressor like it was more of a just straight back mm. and it felt good now that kgm i took some of the screws out of the top i don't know if that made any bit of difference but prone it felt good like real good like i really like the way it shot prone yeah um i think i did shooting positional i did put a little bit more because i put my hand on top of the scope and i think i did put a little bit more pressure and i really tried to wiggle it down into the bag because yeah. i did get some more some more upward i don't know if you'd yeah. call it kick or or recoil than with a, with a break on it. 
Okay. Yeah. My, my thing, I, I guess I tried to focus that I was, I tried to be, especially on the positional stuff, like more like hyper focus on watching, trying to watch where it hit because it it just, it was a, a slower, slightly bigger recoil impulse on it. Um, but I tell you, going from that, shooting the suppressor to shooting the 22 GT yesterday with Ace, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been back out to even, I haven't even shot my rifle since then. I'm going to go out this weekend for sure. <clears throat> so I come home and cleaned it. it. I don't know. I don't think I've, well, I didn't take it all the way apart, but after the Texas match, I took my gun all the way apart. After Clay's match, I took my gun all the way apart. I mean, take the trigger off, took the scope off, everything. Yeah. This one I didn't. I did clean my barrel and all that stuff. This is 300 rounds or so. <clears throat> so I haven't I haven't even been out to shoot it yet, but I screwed the ace back on there, and I'll go out and shoot it this weekend a little bit with, with Chris in, in practice. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was – you know, obviously it was on, like, you know, steadier props, but, like, uh, ones that I could get super stable on and, and get behind it good. Dude, I mean, it it recoil and I mean, like two tenths. It just go to like to the top of the target. I was like, this is freaking awesome. It's also my first time with the ace break, um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna like it. What are you What are you running for projectiles in that GT? Uh, so I'm gonna run the 90 tips. Um, break it, breaking it in. I'm doing the 88 ELDMs. Yeah. Um. But uh, first few shots I ran over the chronograph, it was, and I just did, I just kind of picked a little more mild load, and it was at like 30, 70. And, and I ran like 140 rounds through it, and I think it was at like 3110. Um, it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was really the only thing I, I, Cause I was really, this is my first time shooting the 22 GT and I figured like I really wanted to try and analyze it. And that was really the only thing is I, if you weren't like, if it was a weird prop or you couldn't get like super good behind it, you just had to be really focused. Cause you know, if it was four or 500 yards and you weren't like great behind, I mean, it's just like lightning fast. And so you just yeah. had to pay attention outside of that. I think I'm going to like it. Yeah. Yeah, I could uh, I could see why why or how people shoot suppressors all the time. Like I like the whole piece of wasn't the big bang, like there wasn't any I mean I could I could shoot more matches with suppressed. I don't think I'd shoot as good or I'd shoot a whole lot more to get as comfortable with it as I do right. with a regular break. <clears throat> yeah, and the, the, the our very first stage I had my I had ear pro on and I and I was I was first up on the first stage and I and I shot and it, it was I remember I kind of had like a mini freak out moment because like <laughs> it, it wasn't like violent and I was sitting, I was like, did something go wrong? And, and, and I, and I, I looked off for a second. I, I was like, Oh crap. And I looked back up and the target was shaking. I was like, okay, good. Well, at least I hit it. <laughs> and then the, like, I think it was the second or third stage where we were shooting the coyotes out of the back of the, uh, suburban, the spotters, just because of the way the stage was set up, the spotters were, you know, back, off the side and behind you and i couldn't hear i didn't hear a single impact and after after that i took my ear pro off i was like i can't 
Yeah, you know, I just I couldn't hear any feedback. Yeah, that's what I did. I didn't I didn't run any ear pro all weekend. And I think it worked out well for us because no one was really running the uh, you know, a Maverick. Some of the Mavericks, I got up there, wore my ear ear pro, and I knew someone was probably gonna have them, but like we were talking about on Friday on zero day, someone was up there right beside me with the Maverick. I threw my threw my ear pro on real quick. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I think all of us were really running like full blown cans. Yeah, but, and that was that was the deal at, at zero day. And I can't remember what all he said he was doing, but Ryan Hay was he was like zeroing and checking dope on like four guns. And okay. I think he had like a Maverick on two of them and like a some kind I don't think it was a K can, but dude, they were the loudest cans in the world. <laughs> every time he got up and shot, like everyone would throw their their ear pro on. And so I that's I was like, I don't wanna but yeah, after I saw it. Yeah, it was I think cans. Everybody shooting with us was running KGMs or Thunder Beast. Like we were running pretty, pretty legit yeah. suppressors, you know. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Well, uh, any anybody you need to say hey to or shout out or anything like that? Oh yeah, if I can, some folks Absolutely. helping me out. Like I said, uh, Intex Construction, uh, Austin Aubrey been helping me out this year. Does a lot of construction all around the Midwest. In fact, he's here. In Wichita, but he goes up to even up to Omaha and Lincoln, Kansas City. So anything done around here. Jake with the uh, SFS Surefire Firearm Sales. You all, you know Jake. He's one one of the good dudes around. He stayed, he stayed in the camper with me. He was <clears throat> he's a good guy. He's spinning my barrels, Nick and I's barrels, obviously his own and Greg's shooting lights out. He's got some cool little tricks he does with with some of the barrels. Mm. And uh, my wife. <laughs> To the rescue bookkeeping she actually other than usually helping me out her business actually gave me a little bit of cash to help out this year so that was cool her and her business partners um chris with uh, apex metals he helped he actually made the uh, 11 through 20 uh, stage signs out there he cuts metal metal targets metal signs he made the uh the uh, barricade with the uh, Twin Peaks big logo in the middle of it. Oh, that's cool. He cut that. that was a sweet barricade. He cut that sign. Yeah, for that for that barricade. And he's he's helping me out. And then uh, a podcast, Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. Heck yeah! Had you on there, obviously. So trying to get some folks on there and helping out. Going to do a couple giveaways this year, like I've done in the past. Dude, that's awesome. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, you obviously you come in big time this year supporting. So I don't I don't know if you're gonna brag on yourself. I'll brag on you a little bit. Throwing (laughs) out well, you got like four or five certs on every prize table that I've been to. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying, man, and uh, it's cool. Yeah, I I actually had a guy email me today uh, that listened to the episode of your podcast that I was on. And I uh, had some really uh, super encouraging words, and it was it was I really appreciated it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's cool. Like people, the the certs are going good, and uh, I think people are enjoying them, and uh, just getting to talk to some really cool people from all over the country. Yeah, so it's 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 fun, man. 
I, I picked up my first sponsor. Uh, I think I saw that. Did you get 18? Yeah. 18, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, so that was one of my goals moving, coming into this year and kind of going into next year is I, I, I do want to pick up some, some sponsors, um, but I want to do sponsors that I'm like, I want to get sponsored from people that I'm already using. And uh, I had, Brian was doing um, a, a bunch of barrels um, for me and, and we just kind of hit it off and, and uh, he was doing this, this 22 GT for me and kind of started picking my brain about it a little bit and, and asked me to join the, join the team. So I was, I was super stoked for that. And uh, I called him after uh, yesterday, after I finished shooting it and, like just some random ass load I threw together to break it in and it shot a half inch group. And I was like, yeah, that, that'll do. Yeah. That's, that's another huge piece of the metal game is you trust your, <coughs> trust your stuff and your gunsmith and you got your stuff all together. Like it, it works wonders. You just aren't Dude, guessing. And it is awesome, it. man. And this, this is, this, and now, I mean, I still got to, you know, kind of proof out the new cartridge and everything, but, but this rifle is essentially the exact same as the one I ran at, at uh, Box Canyon minus the cartridge, but it is the most, I've had, I have had the most trust in this setup and the most comfort being the most comfortable behind it than I have yet. Yeah, like the foundation, I don't know what secret sauce he puts in it, but it, I don't know. I love it. Um, and then the, I told you I switched to the Vortex Gen 3. Um, loved it. Um, the MDT, uh, the, or the, like the send it level, dude, that was like one of the cheapest upgrades that like I instantly got. I was like, yes, this, this is gonna, it just sped everything up. It was just easy. Well, that's, that's why I don't, so I had a lot of people ask me, and I think there's been a couple switched over, but. I mean, you're spending, especially for us, because we got to get the MV3 to run it left-handed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was what three hundred bucks, two hundred right. bucks, three hundred bucks. Yeah. But it is like you don't realize how slow a bubble level is until you use an electronic level. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And even I'd heard uh, Bushman talk about his bubble level is one of the matches. It may have been the finale that it gets cool and that that. It's like the viscosity of whatever liquid uh, is there cools down, so it gets harder to move. So you move your bubble, and he said he was waiting, and then he had to wait a little more, wait a little. There is no waiting with these electronic levels. Like you yeah. know, right off the bat, if you are level or not. I love it. In fact, I let you know, <clears throat> and I'm working, working with a guy to get. So I used to run my level on a spur mount. Spur mm-hmm. mount cracked on me, so I kind of got away from it with Hawkins. But I was running it vertical. Yeah, up and down. I found a guy that is making mounts. He just has to make a spacer, and it's supposed to be done this week to mount that thing off the Picatinny rail like it is now, but mount it off the Picatinny rail and it'll go vertical again. Oh heck yeah! Once, once I get that and run it, I'll let you know. I think a lot of people are going to love that that setup. In fact, I already told him I'm going to buy two once he gets it set up for my my yeah. Let me know and my, and my backup. Um, cause so I have, I have a sperm mount, I, but I have a Hawkins one piece coming. Um, so I'll, I'm going to be switching to that, but I, I, I love, like, I like having it on the, 
the pick rail, but I do wish it was vertical. So yeah, let me know for sure. That'll that'd be because mainly just it just it, if there's like a, a ton of movement in a stage and you're mainly like if you're having to pull a rifle out all the way and put it back in, it just getting caught like on my shirt. Yeah. Um, I like I like the slimline idea just for that. It doesn't catch on my shirt or doesn't catch on nothing. And yeah. I do a lot of the traveling in the hard case. I don't like that thing sticking up. Yep. And closing that case down on top of it. And after running the spur, I just, the whole vertice just works out perfect for me. So, yeah, those get hooked up. I'll definitely let you know. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that's something I would definitely, definitely do. Um, so I'm looking at my, it, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I did change. I changed to an ace break. Um, I have been running the area 419 and I lo- I've got like 15 of the 419 breaks, but I, I like the ace so far. Um, I think it'll be good, and then the, the impact the impact's the big change, I guess. Um, and it's freaking money, <laughs> yeah. I think you're gonna like it, <laughs> so uh, um, I'm pumped. And I'm I generally it's Justin because you're shooting Justin's match and the Raton match, right? I'm not shooting Raton, um, okay. I've got Justin's match next, Oki Spring. And Punisher, I've got both of those on tap. Okay, I'll be at both of those. I, I'm. I generally Justin's match had been the one I was. I had done the best before, but I've shot that range more than any of the other ones. So I'm. Yeah. My goal is a top ten, and I I made that goal. Then I looked to see who all was shooting it, and top ten is going to be very. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. tough, but well, that's that's the goal. Yeah, that's kind of my thing too. I was like, man, I'm going to shoot all these locals, and I. This year I tried to stay local because of the retirement piece, but well, yeah. And then you get Justin Match AG Cup, <coughs> Texas Match AG Cup, Punisher AG Cup. Like man, I keep yep. signing up for all these. That all the the top top names are there. So it, I guess it's good and the bad. I kind of measure, you know, you measure yourself up against some of the best of the best. It, yeah, which is true. Have Have you looked at Have you looked at who signed up for the Raton Match right now? No, I hadn't. You might want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Jake. Well, all the usual guys I shoot with, Austin, Jake, and Nick, yeah, Chris, and Greg, they're all going out there. Yep. I, I probably I think, should have. I probably should have signed up for it. And it's it's one of Derek's matches, so I'd like to support him. But yeah. I just didn't know with this whole retirement piece, trying to stay somewhat close to the house. But That makes sense. I, I probably probably should have. For sure. Well, there's still there's still a bunch of spots open. Uh, Is there? And there's I, I was talking to Bushman the other day. I think there's I think there's nine pro level shooters signed up right now, and half of them are our squad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like yeah. Tate Tate's one of them, but he's shooting. I mean, Tate will shoot lights out regardless, but he's shooting tactical this yeah, year. Yeah, he's shooting tact this year. Um, but yeah, there's there's not. And it may change, you know, maybe people will see yeah. how it is. But Have you shot out there before? Yeah. Yeah, I've shot out there the last two years. Did you? I shot out there yeah. first year and then the finale out there. I didn't shoot out there last year. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for redemption. Last year I was I was trying to proof out some new uh monolithics for a six GT to try and use for PRS. And uh they didn't work out. Uh, oh, I showed man. up. 
yeah, I showed up. I was shooting like a, and I, don't, I still to this day can't figure out exactly what happened, but uh, I shooting like a two and a half inch group zeroing, and then going out to distance. I mean, I, I couldn't hit anything. I, yeah. I, I think I think my average score for day two was a one. Oh dang! Yeah, like I came in, I came in second to last at that match, and yeah, I mean, dude, it was it was the most mentally defeating thing i was gonna say that'd be demoralizing there well dude and like it was like i'd see my shot made a correction see my shot and like there were times where i was having to like hold and then i knew i shouldn't i should have just held the same thing and just hope that it hit but like i was trying to make corrections like i was like i'd make a correction and i'd be holding with the wind because it hit so i mean it it was dumb it was awful um yeah but yeah, I, I think I came in eighty eighth. So trying to Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, it was it was dumb. Lesson learned. I don't I, it was it was overcomplicated. But well dude, thank you so much for, for coming on and uh I will I yeah, I'll see you at Justin's in like three weeks. Yeah, man. I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Feels like it's been right, forever. Buddy. Well, I'll see you there. Yeah, man. Later. Later.